You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And today, Riley and I are sitting down with Nina. She's a beautiful black dominatrix who specializes in getting the bag. Her heart is big, but her booty is bigger. She's kinky to her core and a lover of all things pink. Tackling religious shame, body acceptance, black intersectionality, and twerking in one episode would be a challenge for anyone else, but she does it with such humor, grace, and honesty. She's the one, the only, Nina, and we absolutely loved having her on this podcast episode. She is hilarious, candid, knowledgeable, well-spoken. You guys are going to love listening to her. So here you go. Welcome, Nina. Thanks so much for joining us. We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. We finally cornered you into being on the sky. You know what? I've been avoiding this. (laughs) We know. (laughs) But I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, So how long have you been in the sex industry and which avenues do you work in? How long have I been in the industry? I can't tell you a specific year, but I know that I started around when I was 20, 21. That much I know for sure, but I can't say. I don't want to, I don't let people know how old I am. So I'm just going to say I started at 20 um, and now I am older than 20. Yeah. <laughs> now years have passed. And as time many goes, <laughs> many, many moons have passed since I started. But I started dancing actually, and I started because I grew up very religious and had all these ideas about why women and the religion I grew up in, I grew up in Christianity, and there's just so many rules that were like, you know, this, this, that, that, this, this, that, that. So I said, mm, you know what? I don't really agree with this. And I really wanted like a safe avenue to explore my sexuality. And that's actually how I fell into sex work. Yeah. Do you remember what your first shift or day was like in the in the industry? Yes. Okay. So I do. I remember exactly what it was like. So all those moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my memory is bad now, but <laughs> I hold on to those important memories. Uh, it was, okay, so the way I even got hired, uh, I was working at, like, as a banquet server, right, downtown Vancouver, and I was just so tired of it, and I was taking the bus back home, and at that time I lived the next city over, and I was passing by, and just out of nowhere, I just typed into my phone, strip club, just on the bus on my way home. And I saw that there was a strip club on the bus route that I was taking, and I totally blacked out, put on makeup on the bus. So it was The strip club was three stops away, <laughs> two stops away. I just covered my face in powder, I put lipstick on, ta, 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 all these things, and then I hopped out. And I just walked into the strip club and I said, a job, please. <laughs> I was like, I'd like to work here, please. And thank you. And I, at that point, I had no idea what being a stripper was. I didn't know nothing about lap dances. I know nothing about selling. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I just walked in and the person there was so nice. She was so lovely. She was like, okay. She said, have you danced before? I said, of course. I've danced before. She goes, do you have dancing shoes of course in my mind I'm like, I got heels you know and she goes no no do you have pleasers 
me no idea what pleasers are. Of course I've got pleasers. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, and she took me upstairs to the bathroom and she said, please take your clothes off so I can see what your body looks like. Oh, oh my God. Uh-huh. It was very sexy. I'm never sexy. <laughs> I'm never. I, well, never in my life have I heard about this ever. I don't even know if this is a thing people do. It's but not, I, but anyway. yeah, I took my clothes off and she was like, you just leave your bra and, and underwear on. I just need to know, you know, what your body shape is. I said, okay. You I took it, it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ma'am, I'm wearing clothing. <laughs> so I took it off and she asked me to turn for her. And I was like, okay. And I'm like <laughs> turning. And uh, she said, yeah, okay. We don't have anybody else that's shaped like you. Sure. So I think at that point, she just not didn't she'd want. be like, okay, actually we don't have room for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, she goes, slowly strip. I strip, I show her my boobs. She's like, you can leave now. <laughs> she's like, bend it over, Constantly. open the cheeks, you know, cut, make sure nothing's in there. And then after all that, she's like, we can't hire you. <laughs> she's not hiring right now. <laughs> she's not hiring right now. So that's how I got the job, actually. And she said, all right, your first shift is in. I had this however many days. I said, great. And then I went home and frantically did research. What are pleasers? How do you do a lap dance? What do strippers even do? And my first shift, I, I remember I used to work as a server before the banquet serving, just, you know, serving people. Da, 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 da. And my paychecks used to be back when the minimum wage was like $11 an hour. I just do Oh, after two weeks, I made... $11 an hour is so good for minimum wage, yo. No, <laughs> no, 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 because like now, now it's 15 Now it's 15 And inflation is, like, so much worse than that, right? Like, it technically should be, like, 25 But I remember making that little minimum wage as a server and getting my paycheck, and it said $250. It said $250 on my paycheck. And so I got... My first night of dancing, I got $300. And I said, I'm rich! <laughs> <laughs> I'm you so rich! Go back to your old job, you're like, these pets. <laughs> <laughs> I will buy every appetizer on the menu. <laughs> so, I, yeah, my first night, it was very lovely. It was not very hard for me to talk to people. And at that time in my life, I actually didn't drink. I didn't drink until I was about 20 three I'd say so I was just you know young and dumb and just party girl without drinking and just had that energy and I think people were really drawn to it there yeah I had a fun time yeah so how did you then get into massaging well so massaging was for me I got bored of dancing a little bit so I just I was like, you know what? I'm getting a little bored of dancing. And I was taking birth control pills at the time that I started dancing. And my weight, like, never fluctuated. And then I went off of birth control. And then all of a sudden, I just gained so much weight. And I was like, what is happening? I don't know what's happening. And I decided, you know what? Okay, maybe I don't want to be a dancer. Maybe da-da-da-da. I'm going to go over here and think about what I want to do and all that jazz. And (laughs) I was starting to get more and more into the world of kink at the time and I used kink as a way to find yeah find ways to be sexual while also staying safe so for me it was really important because you know when you grow up religious like nobody tells you you know if this happens do this if this happens do this or um this is how you do this or this is how you do that so you know sex ed is pretty much don't have sex (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, sex that is pretty much, you know, don't do it until you're married. And then nobody tells you what you do when you're married. It's just, you'll figure it out. Fumble, yeah. Yeah, fumble until you get there. 
So what I was thinking was I want to be, I just thought I want to become a dominatrix. I really want to be a dominatrix because I want to have control over, I want to play with someone and still be in the position of power. Mm. I want to control somebody else's, somebody else's sexual urges, somebody else's uh, pleasure. I was really into the idea of being in control of somebody else's pleasure and them freely giving it because they wanted to release or relinquish that control. So I got into massaging actually because the massage parlor that I had just hit up online, I just DM'd them and I said, hey, would you happen to be looking for a resident dominatrix by any chance? And I got a message back and they were really into it actually. And they said, well, you'd also have to still be a massage girl, obviously, because if you're going to work for us, you have to, you know, fill in your hours or whatever. And I said, yeah, I totally don't mind as long as I also get to be a dominatrix. And so it was just a nice marriaging of both where they let me do what I wanted to do. And they actually bought a lot of the toys that I now use. They were really into it. We did photo shoots together and... I have this persona of sweet Nina and then Nina after hours, you know, after Nina dark. after dark. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they were like, you're going to have to massage some balls before you can bust them. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, can I do both at once? <laughs> <laughs> so how much of erotic massage is actually massaging? Like do people roll up and be like, can you get this knot out of my back? <laughs> you're like, is it in your balls? <laughs> When you say back, yeah. hello. <laughs> I've actually I've had people <laughs> had people stop me from massaging them because they were like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like it hurts. Ow. <laughs> oh God. Do you do? You, are you trained in massage at all? Me. So I went. So the education that I got in post secondary school actually involved massaging because oh, okay. yeah. So I went to. It was all holistic and everything. But I do know how to give a very good massage. So it's just one of those things where I can give a very good massage regardless. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, you know, I'm not an RMT. I'm not going to know, you know, do this, do that, da, da, da. But the massage parlor I work for, uh, they have women that are trained in uh, tantric massage. Mm -hmm. So they also trained me. So you actually, (laughs) you actually do massage pretty much the whole time. It's actually the amount of time you are um, giving somebody their happy ending. That's the part that actually doesn't take up a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we could guess that. Yeah. 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 Rub, rub, and rub, rub. Done. <laughs> a lot of people think it's one of those like, oh, you're in and out. It's like, no, they, you know, you have to book a minimum of an hour anyway. And so for that hour, we're not just going to be talking. I'm going to be massaging you. And because touch is such... Uh, so many people are touch deprived anyway. They actually really enjoy having somebody touch them in a very sensual way and not in a slap, slap, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of way. Can you walk us through like a session, what it's like, especially I guess with doming, do you have a debrief about what they're looking for in that? And then you do the massage and then you do that kind of happy ending. And then what's the aftermath? Like, can you talk us through all of that? Yeah, so doming and uh, the massage parlor, you know, uh, being a massage parlorist, whatever you want to call it, those are actually two uh, very separate things. So when somebody comes in for a massage, it's very sensual, it's very loving, it's very, 
you know, there's a lot of touching. And when I am doing my dom work and my dominatrix work, I have like a separate studio that I do it in. And there is no happy endings in a um, dom session. So at no point is anyone ever coming. At no point is anyone ever climaxing unless we're doing, let's say, like edge play, unless we're doing something that involves that. Um, But massage and doming, like they're so separate. Um, People come in for the massage because, you know, they have pent up sexual energy or they really just need a hand job that day or whatever it is that they need. Um, And they are expecting to have climax and then they'll be on their merry way. And when it comes to doming, doming is a lot more involved, is what I'd say. When they first book me for a session, there's actually a lot of back and forth. There's a big question document that I actually send them and ask them to fill out. It's very detailed. You know, um, have you ever had any surgeries in your life? What are the things that you would like to explore during our session? And depending on if they want an hour session and they say, I want to explore this, 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 and this. Absolutely not. We cannot explore all those things in one hour. So choose one or two things that you would like to explore. Is this your first time seeing a dom? I would. Uh, I need references. If it's your first time, I need to see, you know, some ID. Uh, there's a lot of ways that I'm going to do background checks on people to make sure that they're safe for them as well as for me. Um, and it's actually quite detailed because you don't want to hurt somebody, especially if you're doing something like. CBT where it's cock and ball torture, right? If somebody really wants you to, let's say, like kick them in the nuts, that's something that I have to get training for to do. But it's also really important for me, have you done this before? Because if they have, well, now I need to know what your sensitivity level is. I need to know if uh, somebody else has done something that has hurt you in the past so that I have to kick it in one way or another way, you know? So it's very specific. If somebody is coming in for corporal punishment, Right. So that's when people really want to be spanked. Uh, That's when people really want like you use your crop, use your hands, all that jazz. And it's over the knee. Um, There's a lot of psychological ways in which people punish themselves. And you don't want to be the one adding to that psychological torture. Right. You want to make sure that people that are coming in are actually getting pleasure from this in some way. Mm -hmm. So there's a very fine line where I have to ask people you know, what is the reason you're doing this? Uh, Have you done this before? And a lot of people who haven't think this is a way for them to, what's a nice way to say this? There's a lot of people that come in and want corporal punishment because they've been bad. And that is a type of service that I offer, right? But there's also a lot of people that come in and Maybe they have mommy fetishes. My mom used to spank me when I was younger. Now I want to be spanked. Sure, that's okay. But also we're going to talk about it before the session starts so that after the aftercare, you're not leaving with this big, you know, earth burden. (laughs) You just got this like psychological burden and then you leave and go, oh, I really didn't like that. I don't want to traumatize you. So there's a lot of in-depth work that goes on with doming before I even see the person. Mm -hmm before they even enter the room so that we have a base understanding so that by the time they get there, we can just play. We can just explore, right? And with 
massage, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> they come in, they take a shower. Uh, usually we take a shower together, but COVID makes it so that that's not a thing. So they take a shower, they come out. It's very sensual. It's very soft. They lay down on the massage table or the bed, whichever one they want. Um, I get a lot of couples. So, you know, they'll take a shower together and I do the massage and, you know, they get their happy ending and they take a shower and leave and there's no pre-work that had to be done. They just come, they come, they eat, they leave. They come, they come, they come, they come, they come, they leave. With regards to happy endings, is it always like hand jobs? Is it blow jobs as well? Is it full service with a massage? Is there some kind of restriction in that? I think for the, the place that I work at, the massage parlor that I work at, uh, it's only hand jobs. I know there are other massage parlors that do blow jobs uh, or full service, you know, whatever they may be. I don't offer full services uh, at the massage parlor or half service. Like I don't offer a blow jobs at the massage parlor. And I personally actually don't know if that's a personal choice or not. It's just I had training at the massage parlor. And so I do what I'm trained to do. And they never even once brought up the option of a blowjob and I wouldn't just offer it. <laughs> and the way that our prices are, you know, on the website, the way that the prices are, um, there's no pricing for anything other than a hand job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's no pricing for anything other than that. So I, I'm pretty sure you can, if somebody wanted to finish on your like like your chest or whatever, I'm sure some people could upsell that. I'm sure some people like allow that. I personally wasn't trained in that, and I don't offer it anyway. So I'm pretty straightforward <laughs> with what's offered on the website. So I, I'm just like, as you're doing this, I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and also, like, which way were you trained? Like, do you let it, like, shoot up? Like, what is that? Ah, also, just, like, also the training process, like... Do you, like, angle it towards them? You know, like, you know when you go to massage, like, if you're going to the student masseuse, it's cheaper? Do they get a discount because you're in training? Actually, they... Actually, they did get a discount. <laughs> actually, they did get a discount. So, uh, when I was training, uh, the person who owns the parlor is actually the one that trained me and so the training was not really about blowjobs but it was mostly about how do you actually spend an hour making sure somebody has mm-hmm. it's a long time with someone so how do you make sure that that hour goes by and the person is happy at the end of it right mm-hmm. so that's mostly what the training was uh you know where the oil is how to do this how to do that and yeah <laughs> do you wank it to the left <laughs> Um, You mentioned mentioned pricing, and that's a question we get asked a lot. People are curious about different prices in sex work. What is the price range within the massage parlor and also in the doming aspect? Can you give them a breakdown of that? I can give them a breakdown, yeah. So for the massage parlor, so prices have all gone up since, uh, obviously since the pandemic, everything's become a little bit more expensive. So... I'd say I I can only remember how much I take home. I don't remember how much physically they hand me. But how it used to be pre-pandemic is uh, one hour used to be, let me think in my mind, one hour used to be 300 or something like that. And then I, sorry, no, one hour used to be 250 or something like that. And I would have to give the house $50, obviously, and then I would keep 200. And often, often, oftentimes people tip. 
it's not really an industry where people don't tip, I have personally found. So, you know, an extra $20 here, an extra $10 there. I've never had a tip of less than $20. Sorry, less than $10. Mm-hmm. So usually after a one-hour session, I am leaving with $200 or $210, $220, depending on how much the person tipped. Uh, we did used to have discount pricing for, you know, 9 a.m. to 12 on weekdays where people are working, right? So, or... It's like happy hour. Yeah, it's like happy hour, exactly, 100%. And I think it used to be $20 cheaper, something Mm -hmm. like that. So I remember how much money that I used to take home. So consistently, I would remember having $200 in my hands when I was leaving the parlor. So that's what I know. And for doming, it's actually... I make my own prices for doming. So there is the base understanding that you'll have to spend at least this much money because this is on the lower end of what we'll be doing, let's just say. Uh, And when people want to explore more, then I tell them how much more it would be because a lot of things involve more time. So for instance, if somebody wants to do three things during their session, well, I'll have to tell them, okay, that's going to be a hour and a half to two hour session it's actually not going to be an hour session are you comfortable with that and this is what the price breakdown of that would be so for doming it's actually hard to say how much money it is because you have to break it down depending on what the person wants to do yeah how do you i you kind of talked about the vetting process for doming mm-hmm. um do people just find you a through the the massage parlor's website and B, how does the massage parlor vet clients? The massage parlor vets their clients uh, the way that (laughs) they taught me how to do it uh, was to make sure that A, the person is real, B, to make sure they don't have a criminal record. So we do like a criminal record check uh, and to get real ID or have them send us an email from their work email address and make sure that matches you know, everything else. We need a LinkedIn page. So two pieces of information, basically. So a LinkedIn page and their ID or, you know, their ID and an email sent from their work email. So just things that are going to show you this is a real person that exists and um, basically just, you know, damage control. Um, And for me, that's pretty much how I vet my clients as well for doming. I also ask them for references so they've seen other doms so that I could, you know, talk to those doms and see their experiences with this person. I also, a lot of my dom clients are previous, previous massage clients. So they'll always book a massage just to gauge what I'm like. And then at the end of the massage, you know, while they're slowly going out, I can always tell because a person will linger a little bit and I'm trying to shoo them out the door you know because their time is over and they'll be like so do you do other services (laughs) (laughs) and I'm always like well what kind of services are you looking for you know and they'd be like well I've always been curious about this that this that and the other thing you know and I'm always like yes okay so you can book for a you know a dom session and that's something that I have to set up. And there are a lot of people actually that book me for a massage session, show up and then say, I actually really wanted a dom session and I just felt embarrassed or this or the other thing. And in those times, I always have to say, oh, great. So we're going to do our massage session for the day that you booked for. And then we are going to book a different day for your, 
you know, for your DOM session. And because they're right there, I can take a look at their ID. I can tell them the breakdown of what I need in order to feel safe for them to become one of my DOM clients. And a lot of people know that it is a privilege to be a DOM client of mine, right? I have enough subset, like I'm not going to take any more at this point, but if you want to become a submissive of mine, or if you want to play with me, or if you want to explore, that's actually a huge privilege that I'm letting you into my space in my world, not the other way around. So for, if you want to book me for a massage, sure, I'm available and I work for the massage parlor. So of course, and I can always decline clients, but with being a dom, I decline clients all the time. You didn't give me enough information. You're not listening to my boundaries and you're not the kind of person I want to play with immediately. No. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what is, and so this is line that people, I mean, we all hear all the time, like people projecting what they think a client is. And we get to the strip club. I don't need to pay for dances. I'm not like one of those guys, <laughs> you know, I don't need to pay for escorts. I'm not that kind of loser. Mm. Um, so can you tell us what your typical client is? I can honestly say I do not have a typical client. I can say with a hundred percent surety If I made a graph, (laughs) I'm sure there would be, you know, a certain percentage of clients that hit this group of people higher than this other group of people, I'm sure, but it would be by such a small percentage. They're not all young. They're not all old. They're not all male. (laughs) So it's really hard to decide. I can say predominantly they are male, but even then it's, it's like a 40, 60% split. It's really not that much. I actually got a lot of female clients coming in to do massages, especially during the pandemic and post-pandemic. I've seen more and more and more and more women and especially couples where the person who wanted to come was actually, in straight couples, was actually the woman. Uh, I get a lot of lesbian couples. Um, Yeah, my clients don't really all look alike and they're not all looking for the same thing. So there is... Not one client that I have, I think is what I'd say. So you just mentioned that you see a lot of like women and couples as well. Were you trained to pleasure a woman as as well for the training process? Or is that something that you kind of picked up learning and asking questions about? Like, how was that learning process for you? Well, so I actually identify as queer. Yeah, a, a lot of my clients are actually women and the training that I have. So I didn't get a lot of training on how necessarily to please women other than ask what they would like (laughs) and listen, obviously. Uh, So that part of it, I had to figure out a little bit on my own. And I actually did a lot of research about, (sighs) this is going to sound so dumb. I did a lot of research about (laughs) what different cultures do how do I explain this? Okay. What did you do? Ah! <laughs> show us the history. <laughs> okay, so I can't show you my <laughs> my computer history, my internet history. Ah! Uh, no, okay, so there's this thing. I, uh, I always forget what it's called. It's like Kuldalini or whatever. Basically, there are uh, these African tribes, and they are in search of basically, it's called like the O. And so when you're there's like one specific tribe basically when you're uh a young boy you are like taken by the other men of the tribe and they teach you how to please a woman and when you get to the age where you have to have sex with a woman there's like people that like stand outside your heads or whatever 
and they have to hear the woman orgasm and if they don't you're like shamed <laughs> you're okay. like shamed by the people in the village because you couldn't yeah, follow up question how do we implement <laughs> that in our society it's our direct flight or yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> that's so funny yeah, uh, yes <laughs> so, there are direct flights I've been uh, no uh, so I did a lot of research about what like cultures before us <laughs> used to do uh, to please women and then I just got to a point where I was thinking you know what I'm going to explore <laughs> with different with different clients and uh the first time I had a couple I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do to make this woman with this vagina feel good and the first thought that came into my mind was like, okay, well, what do I like? That's the only reference I have. So I said, what do I like? Okay, this is what I like. And so I said, would you like to explore with me versus like, hey, we're going to like reach this goal of you having an orgasm. I was like, would you like to explore with me? Like, I can touch you here, da 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 And she was very open to that. And then I don't know how to describe it, but I just started... <laughs> like started giving her a massage and the thing that they do in in this uh, African tribe is that they massage your labia a lot before they even get to playing with your clitoris and I think that's a sensation thing and it's also for the men it's also your pus- your pussy lips uh wrap around the uh, cock and apparently that feels really good to, to the men of the society as well so I was like okay well I'm gonna start there I'm gonna massage the labia for the outer labia for as long as I can and then I'm slowly gonna work my way you know inner labia and then I'm slowly gonna get to the vagina never once touching the clitoris because that's where all the nerves are and I really wanted it to be a slow steady sensual build mm-hmm. and so I had done all this research and then yeah the first time I had you know, that female client, she was with her husband and we were just exploring and I felt bad for her husband because he was just standing there. <laughs> he had gone first, he'd already gotten his orgasm and he was, you know, trying to help and he was massaging her shoulder oh, or something. Oh, no, so no, because no. No, I, I don't think he knew what to do and I was obviously He's there. He's like, like taking notes in the back. <laughs> it's like, so like well, that's where the clitoris is. Yeah. <laughs> and if you see this cut right here. <laughs> it's like, these are the cheat codes. Okay. Mother love, mother love. He's like writing it down frantically, ah, taking notes. Um, but it was very lovely. And she actually ended up orgasming like four times in our session. And I just felt so happy for her. But I also felt much happier for me because I realized, ooh, I can make women orgasm and I can make women feel really good. And I can make uh, women, you know, have a very enjoyable time in my massages just by listening to them and listening to what their bodies react to. And so that's what I did. And yeah, that's what it's like for me personally working with women. Okay, so for people who may want to book with a erotic masseuse, how do you know which locations are actual erotic masseuse locations and not just massage places they're going to roll on and be like, can you jerk me off? And I'll be like, what's that? <laughs> just to add on to this, I've recently started going to an RMT um, who is really lovely because I've had back problems for ages. And I guess that there is a um, erotic massage place next to it. So all the time they have people coming in being like, do you like... <laughs> and they used to like be like... Mm, next door. I want one door down. <laughs> For that one, right down. Oh, poor him. <laughs> so, uh, how do you stop that from happening to your poor RMT? <laughs> well, 
Uh, I would say, obviously, <laughs> okay, so I personally think that you would have to be the dumbest fucker in the yeah. world. <laughs> the dumbest fucker in the world to just walk into any massage parlor and assume that they did happy endings or assume that they were an erotic masseuse. <laughs> You'd have to be so stupid. It's really Imagine walking into an Italian restaurant and asking for sushi. Are you dumb? <laughs> Sir. Sir. It's an Italian restaurant, okay? You're like, walk in, you see all the certificates of, like, <laughs> massage stuff. that like, oh, oh, they're really good trained. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, for me, I would say, first of all, do a little Googles, okay? Go online. Uh, erotic massage parlors will always have the girls that are working there they will show you the girls that are working there, right? And those pictures aren't going to be the kind of pictures that a regular RMT would would have on their website, right? So if the girl is like in a polo shirt, yeah. I she's probably not joking yes. you off. So the the you know the people that are working at this uh, massage place are fully dressed. <laughs> And on the website, if they're fully dressed, it doesn't mention anything like, you know, uh, different pricing for different types of services or whatever. Because obviously, I understand where people are coming from. On a regular website for regular massages, it'll say 60 minutes is this much, 90 minutes is this much, this is how much it is for a couple's massage, all this stuff, right? But it's always going to give you options of different deep tissue. It's going to give you options for this is our registered. It's going to say you can write this off on your taxes because this is covered by your insurance. You're not going to find that information on a website for erotic masseuses. You're not. You're going really to see... Really not in the deep tissue? <laughs> that's extra. That's extra. That's very extra. That's Nina After Dark. Uh, yeah, so I think I would say, you know, don't be a dumb fuck and go online, go to Google, and it doesn't take... You would have to be blind to not see the difference between a regular... RMT, reg- registered massage therapist, you know, a place where they offer that service and a place where it is an erotic massage parlor. And the easiest way for you to not make that mistake is don't walk into random massage parlors. <laughs> don't do that, you know? Have a little Google outside. Exactly. Exactly. I see, you know what? It's honestly a little racist because I'll see people walk by just a massage, a massage place that has... I'm going to say vague Asian writing because it could be Chinese, it could be Japanese, it could be Korean. I can't, you know, I don't know. So they'll see just a building that offers massages and then has maybe text that's smaller on the side that has um, Asian writing, right? Like Chinese writing or Korean writing or whatever. And they will always automatically assume that that is the happy ending massage parlor place. And that is a so rude. (laughs) Just because you can't read a language, (laughs) it doesn't mean it automatically makes it sexual. Doesn't automatically mean there are women in the back that are like, ah, yes, (laughs) because there is Asian writing in the front of our building. We are the ones that offer, you know, uh, these services. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where Just do a little Google so that you can go somewhere that is safe, somewhere that you feel you're going to be safe, and somewhere where you're not going to make a damn fool of yourself by walking in and making, you know, regular massage therapists uncomfortable with maybe asking questions they don't want to be asked because that's not the, that's not the services they offer and that's not the industry they're in, right? So I'd say do a Google search. (laughs) Yeah, Google it. 
Google's free. Absolutely. And check is. yourself and your racism at the door. 100%. Can you give future clients some advice on massage parlor etiquette? What makes a good client and what makes a bad client? I certainly can. So at my massage parlor, you always start with a shower. I don't care if you just showered and then came. You're going to have to take a shower. And the reasoning behind that is you were outside and now you are going to be naked with me inside. So whether you took your car, whether you, you know, stepped in dog doo-doo, whether you were on the bus, whatever, right? I'm going to need you to shed whatever germs that you picked up from your house on the way here, right? And another reasoning for that is to get you in a sensual mood, right? I want you to relax. I want you to take a hot shower. Like I said, before the pandemic, we used to take the shower with the client, Mm -hmm. right? So I want to make sure that we can get that little titillating energy you know I'm going to touch you in the shower on your shoulder rub a little soap on you you can rub a little soap on my back all that stuff so that we can get in that mood and the parlor I work at is all about sensuality and so it's all very soft and all that jazz and so I'd say the etiquette is if your massage if your masseuse is asking you to do something and it's not, it's not something like give me all your money, like not one of those yeah. things. If your masseuse is asking, you know, this, this is how <laughs> she's we're not going to hold up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If she's asking you, okay, this is how this is going to go. We're going to take a shower, and then you can come here, here are the towels, da, 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 all this stuff. If you want to have the best experience ever, do the things that, you know, she's asking you to do. Just like if you walked into a restaurant and the host says. For how many people you tell her or you tell him and then they walk you to the table, you know, you're not going to randomly say, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you for how many people and I'm just going to walk in and sit down by myself and I'm going to go to the back of the house and I'm going to cook my own meal, da, 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 all this stuff. Your job is to be served. So let us serve you and to be a good client, you know, just listen and make sure that you're there to have a good time. Uh, I would say what makes a bad client is somebody who doesn't listen to boundaries and somebody who uh, pushes boundaries and makes somebody uncomfortable. So there are a lot of people where, you know, they'll ask, oh, can I see you after work? No, you can't see me after work. Thank you for asking. Oh, but you're just so hot. I'd love to take you out for dinner. I've already given you my answer. Dinner isn't going to change it. I'm a very good... <laughs> Ooh, now, you're now you're putting ribs into the equation. Now maybe. Absolutely not. Especially, is this the first time I'm seeing you? You're not even a regular client of mine, right? You're not even somebody that I see often enough to have a report. This is the first time you're meeting me, sir. So absolutely not. And you have been given an answer. Let's move on, right? So I'd say what makes a bad client is either somebody that keeps pushing or somebody that doesn't listen well. Yeah, I think that's, those are very good answers. And I think those are very, would you say that those are kind of very comparable things to uh, your history as a dancer as well? 110%. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody that doesn't listen to your boundaries and somebody that tries and pushes you to do something that A, you don't want to do or B, you're not comfortable with doing or B or C, you just don't do, right? So there's a lot of people that'll be like, oh, I really want X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, pay me for X, Y, and Z. Oh, I only have two dollars. I only have four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know that meme where it's like from SpongeBob where Patrick is like, "I have three dollars." Yeah. <laughs> like, Every <"Sir."> podcast. <laughs> Don't come. 
star money. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, please leave. So I, I, I'd say, yeah, they're so comparable. Yeah. What do you think some misconceptions are about the massage parlor or erotic massage as a whole? I'd say this, <laughs> this idea that it's a one and done, you rub and tug and go. There are so many places that are rub and tugs. I am sure there are. Uh, the place that I work isn't a rub and tug, but if you, <laughs> and but we're priced that way as well. So if you are going to come in, <laughs> if you're going to walk into a Michelin star restaurant and, um, expect the prices to be that of, you know, your local pizza shop who has pizza per slice for $3, right? That's $3. $3. <laughs> $3. Patrick, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not the right place and the right time for that. So I wouldn't expect to go into my local pizza shop that sells pizza for $3 and ask them to make me a Michelin star uh, meal, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I wouldn't expect the vice versa if I went to a Michelin star restaurant. So there are places that do rub and tugs. You get in, you get rubbed and tugged, and you get yeah. out. And then there are places that do... You, you, you come, you come, you go. <laughs> yeah, you come, you come, you go. And then there are places where you come, stay, relax, you come, and then you go, yeah. right? And so depending on whatever experience you want, I'd say know the experience that you're paying for and know that different massages are uh, are ideal for different clients, right? So if you're not the kind of person that has the time to be fond over and relax and you just want to rub and tug, don't come to my massage parlor, sir, because I don't offer services by the half hour. You're still going to have to pay for the full hour anyways. And sure, I could do a rub and tug and you go, but you're still going to have to pay me this money when we could have spent some nice time together, yeah. right? So I would say know the service type that you're looking for and seek that out. Go there, Right. Okay, guys, we know you are loving this episode and we are loving chatting with Nina, but we got a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> oh, sorry, am I taking time? <laughs> so we are going to have to break this episode into two parts. So this is where we're going to wrap up episode one and we are going to jump into episode two right away talking about, yeah, everything Nina. <laughs> and that's it. 